Animade, the anime watch-along podcast for the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed Pribno Box, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed Melchior, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Lilliputian Hitcher. Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, man, we're doing the Evangelion watch down here on Get Animate, and it remains still one of my favorite things that has ever happened to the human race, <laughs> the yes. show and media franchise, Evangelion. It would be, it would feel really bad for me if we like somehow ruined this for you. If yeah. after this you were like, you know what? I don't like this anymore. I, yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to, yeah. like, I'm not It doesn't seem about. possible. It seems yeah. like we're, we're full steam We're trying. Ahead. Yeah. We're trying by making enough, uh, uh, that, uh, like just dipshit jackass jokes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about the goo and all that. Yes. No, I, I. Uh, but it's just that good. I love, I love hearing those those jokes from you from you fellas. Wow. Well, wow. we're well, we're going over my favorite show. Can I ask before <laughs> we yeah. are talking about yeah this show together? Yeah. Were you like hyper aware of the goo? Also, were mm. you like look at all this goo? Great or is question. It like, or is it something uh, that we pointed out that you're sort of there like... Is, there is one specific instance of goo that I was very aware of. Oh. Uh, and all other goo is pretty subservient to that moment. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, I take it we uh, haven't seen this. Yeah, no, we haven't seen it. And if, you, if you're if you listening along at home and you've seen the show before, you know the goo I'm talking about. Can't wait for the these boys to see that goo. <laughs> now I'm like worried about what it's going to be. It's not going to be like actual cum, is it? <laughs> uh, guys, we have two really great episodes this week. Uh, yes. One of them uh, is called, uh, it has two titles as always, uh, which is uh, An Angel's Invasion and Lilliputin Hitcher. That's episode 13. And the first one we'll be talking about here on the show Um I love this episode. Mm -hmm. It's not one of my top five, but like the way that the show continues to redefine for you what an angel could be, mm -hmm. this one you're like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Like, for this sure. This one seems impossible to me. Like, the fact that, I mean, we're going to get to it, of course, but like the fact that they even get out of this one is is wild to me because, <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it already. We've seen Spider. We've seen the big eye in space, whatever that thing was, right? Mm -hmm. The Yep. Uh, we see, we've seen like just monsters. We've seen the shape. Yep. Tiny. Tiny. We haven't yet tiny. seen tiny. Not just tiny, but like virus, virus sized. Yeah. Viral tiny. Well, now here's the thing. I okay. and I've gone on the record on on Get Played uh, that I don't like teeny tiny shit. You know, like when no. when we start talking about stuff that's small, uh, I don't play ball. I, I want I want things that are normal sized or large. So Mecca, I'm great with. Yeah, give me those Evas. Those are great. I love that they're big. Uh, the regular people, sure. When we start going microscopic, generally, or you know, like what, like, like you know, hey, it's like little teeny tiny people. It's like, oh, we live in a we live in a forest, and a I use as a, a my my dwelling is a lean to constructed from a stick and a leaf. It's like I'm I'm just out on that. Yeah. But here, the tiny stuff works, and yeah. also, and I think a big part of it is just like it's such a swerve from what we know about the angels that now all of a sudden, like, oh my god, an AT field can emerge. Under these circumstances. Yes. Uh, and for those of you that aren't aware of this, Nick was the sole picketer at the premiere of the film Downsizing. <laughs> Too small. <laughs> I won't play ball. <laughs> you you still have that uh, that store up, right? That uh, that uh, T, T Republic sh store that's just too small, won't play ball, sold yeah. zero <laughs> copies of the shirts. Yes. <laughs> but you can get it, you know? Yeah. Someone wants to be number one. <laughs> I, I've a, a downsize actually makes me think of the, so I have a, uh, I had a friend who went to see an Alexander Payne Q&A at downsizing. Uh -huh. and da like, like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't downsizing related. It was just an Alexander Payne Q&A. It might've been for a different movie. Um, and someone brought up downsizing, like how we felt about like the reaction to downsizing, you know, because it was just, like such a critical and commercial failure. And he's like, 
People say the movie wasn't good. I thought it was good. I liked it. Like, that's why I made it. I thought it was good. Which is <laughs> such a funny thing to just be like, yeah, I didn't think it was bad. What are you talking about? That's, that's fair. You know what? Good for him. That's great. Yeah. That's like the, that's the mindset for sure. That's how I feel about this show. Me too. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean? It's good. We're, doing, we're trying. We're trying. Exactly. Um, should we get I, into it? Let, let, let's. I, I do want to say I, I did love this episode, and I also love that in a, in a, a, a that 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 as part of the premise, it, just like removing the main conceit of the store of the of the entire series. You know what I mean? It's just it's just like mm-hmm. this isn't one where we're gonna have Eva's battling. Uh, you know, uh, 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 giant, uh, giant monsters were gonna be de- like living in a different realm is like, and and with different characters. I love that, and I love that about that's how that, about how the show is structured in general. It's, yeah, it's also an episode where the action, the the momentum of the 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 energy of the episode comes exclusively from editing between like four or five still screens, mm-hmm. right? As the music gets louder and louder and louder. Like it's you, you aren't watching the action of like an angel breaking a building or like penetrating somebody's face with a like laser. It's, it's just like computer screen, computer screen, sweating face, computer screen, computer yeah. screen. Yes. Um, Sounds like us right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's us for the last two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this, this, this episode. One, well, yeah, go ahead. Matt. I was gonna say this one, uh, this one for me was also cool because it was like, I don't know, like we talk about a lot about like world building and like show don't tell and things like that. I feel like this was a good one for me to see other stuff like because uh, like, we're used mm. to seeing them outside like the and stuff like that. I feel like I don't get a whole lot of the we haven't got a whole lot of time with the techs. You know yes. what I mean? Like the, this team in particular. And I was like, oh, cool. We, they you know, like you said, um, I think a couple episodes ago. Uh, for us a couple months ago, uh, you said something that everybody gets depth. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, everybody. And so this was a big episode for that, I think. Yeah. Uh, I Yes. You're right. You know, actually, <laughs> you're right because you said the thing. Well. <laughs> okay. Um, so this episode aired first in uh, two days after Christmas, 1995 in Japan. Uh, was subsequently released on VHS and DVD in the States sometime around, like, 98, something like that. Um, and we begin with Ritsuko, blondie, scientist, sometimes wears makeup, sometimes doesn't. Uh, she's doing a, a test of the uh, supercomputers, the three ma- magi, or Maggie, depending on whether you listen, dubbed or subbed, uh, and they are going to test the EVA pilots in simulation bodies because there is this growing, um, I don't know, theme of maybe how do we get the kids out of the EVAs? Mm-hmm. Like, how, like, how can we disconnect that, uh, that danger so that we're not subjecting these children to this thing? So they, they, they put them in these simulation bodies. They, there's some other language about, like, maybe other possible options that they could they could engage to keep these uh, these kids safe. Um, and while they are running this test, uh, one of the uh, scientists involved uh, notices that they're in, in this, I guess we should first comment on on how lecherous the, the opening sequence is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. those kids okay. got to take off their clothes. <laughs> so <laughs> hey buddy, you so, better disrobe. You gotta get in this this <laughs> test body. Uh, yeah, no, and none of them are happy about it either. No. Uh, Asuka is very like, are you kidding me? You guys can see us. You better turn the camera off. Uh, if we're gonna, they're, they're, it, they've had to shower so many times to get into this thing. Yeah, uh, it's a, it is a, uh, a sterile environment so that they don't ruin these simulation bodies or, you know, provide grossness. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, it's also like, a, just, just speaking to their characters, but Asuka is the only one who's really raising objections. Like, Ray doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, Shinji is, is, like, is, okay. Yeah, Shinji is either going to do what he's told or is too meek to raise an objection. And Asuka is like, this is fucking insane. Uh, yeah. And it, which it, which it is on some level. 
I mean, but yeah, they they gotta they they're 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 sterilized and they are without any sort of garment. And they're dropped into these, into these suits. simulation entry plugs in simulation bodies, which are grossly biological, but also yeah. hooked up with wires yes. in an underground water environment uh, as they test their harmonics. And um, something goes wrong. Something goes wrong. There's like a corrosive element that begins to spread inside of the heavy water. Looks uh, like black mold. Yeah. And it penetrates Ray's simulation body and makes this headless, legless torso go berserk, try to attack the scientists. And the uh, when they when they try and clean the body with lasers, it throws up an AT field, meaning, an angel has somehow gotten inside the facility and uh and 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 now everybody is exposed to to danger so they had, they shoot the kids out into a into the lake they eject the kids and it's the rest of the team that has to figure out how to beat an invisible angel a microscopic angel perhaps yes maybe that's what's going on yeah yeah. So it's it's a, a like I I mean I think the premise is is cool. I like just like again like I like just removing the pilots and removing the evas from it and like this is one that's going to live in the the HQ and see how they can basically debug this software failure, you know, at some level. Uh and um yeah, I mean like it's it's uh, a I do like just hearing and you mentioned it, you you said it up top uh, Heather but the uh, the phrase pribno box which did were we introduced to pribno box before this episode I think this is the first instance of pribno box yeah pribno box it's good Great sci-fi phrase. stuff I'm sure it means something if I wasn't so lazy I would Wikipedia pribno box pribno box pribno box pribno box. <clears throat> uh, the the danger that keeps being conveyed in the show is we can't let angels into the facility. So the fact that one gets inside without anybody noticing and gets all the way to the kids without anybody noticing is yes. uh, is really jarring to the team. Alarms are going off like crazy. And one of my favorite world-building things from this episode is... Gendo cancels the alarm and tells uh, the the people at Nerve to report that this was a mistake, that it was a a malfunction of the alarm system Mm -hmm. because there is a constant tension between uh, Nerve and the Japanese government, contractors and responsibility. And in order to keep conveying the idea that nerve is completely in control. He lies to the government about an angel being inside of nerve. Yes. His Uh, his first instinct is cover it up. Yeah. Which makes me wonder if Congress watched this episode. Uh, Yeah. I was was raised a couple eyebrows over here too. Namely both of mine. (laughs) The, <clears throat> okay, so <laughs> can I say a joke that I didn't get to say earlier? Yeah, please. of course. Please, please. When do. you were talking about harmonics earlier, I was thinking that's what Steven Tyler might call honking on Bobo. <laughs> and then, just as a point of reference, I wanted to uh-huh. say that because you said this came out two days after Christmas in 1995, uh, the top. Christmas gifts in 1995 were the Sony PlayStation, Pogs, Beanie Babies, Sky Dancers, and Baby All Gone. So one mm. joke, one piece of information. That's, That's what I bring to the table. Intel. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did you do the joke? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was the honking on Bobo thing. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Just, just making sure. <laughs> didn't want to. I didn't want to. Uh, you know, block you out for your layup. Bobo is his harmonica. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um. So Gendo also says in this moment some pretty intense information about 
if the angel gets uh, gets close to the Evas, it is more important to blow up the facility than to right. let an angel control or infect an actual Evangelion, uh, which is, I think, uh, it's, it's more, it's more tension, more tension building up. Do we have we when they're when the alarm goes off when everything's a, you know when when things are being locked down is that when we see Kaji he's like got his own little thing going on yeah, yeah. he's got his Kaji little side project a- and he's like I get the fuck out of here yeah he's like in a he's like in a duct in a in a tunnel and he's like oh well uh it do, isn't doesn't he do like an insane jump yeah he leaps off a pillbox like into a, a, an escape hatch. <laughs> Yeah. Prib now box. Very casually. Um <laughs> the prib, prib no box. Um so So he's doing something too. He's doing something. He's always doing something. Kaji. Yeah. He's always got his hand in, in something. This guy. So they uh they they have to yeah, one of my favorite parts about Evangelion is the the discussion discussion of possible plans moment. Uh, we get a couple of different plans. Misato's like, hey, I think we should just fucking blow up the, the building. I think we should blow up the computers, you know, call, call it a loss, kill yeah. the angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ritsuko is like, absolutely fucking not. This is the, uh, this is the science department's provision. Uh, and they have like a little like bureaucratic bickering between the two of them about who has, Jurisdiction. This is a theme that also Hideaki Ono explores wonderfully in Shin Godzilla when it's just like, well, no, this is the Department of Energy should be dealing with this thing because it's so it's full of radiation. No, 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 no. This is an environmental disaster. This is Godzilla is under uh, environmental jurisdiction. And somebody else is like, it's military. Um, So they uh, they try and inject some ozone into the thing and it evolves and then it becomes uh, more lethal. Uh, and Ritsuko decides to hack into the Magi supercomputers in order to reverse hack this viral angel and prevent it from destroying the facility. And perhaps if she can create, if she can accelerate its evolution, then it will decide to coexist and become part of the circuitry of nerve. This this very much reminded me of the Borg in Star Trek, just in terms of the rapid evolution as an yeah. element, as a sci-fi element. Like I was just like, oh, okay, that's a that's a thing I've seen. You know, like like the idea that you 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 attack a Borg with a certain phaser, and then they 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 just get hit, affected by it enough that they evolve to absorb it. And so, like just like that being. That sort of happening almost in real time is I don't know it's just like a cool sci-fi concept and it it's an interesting way of like exploring like a like a higher or an alternate life form. Yeah, yeah, I was I, I was really interested in this as well, it, like because it can go one of both ways. Like I mean, it can go two ways. Like it could, like you could get ahead of this thing and 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 do Ritsuko's plan or it could very well do the thing that it's known to do which is <laughs> evolve past what you're trying to stop it from doing uh mm-hmm. and so it's there what you were saying earlier the editing with um just like cutting back and forth uh and in in the music really made this seem like one of the more tense episodes in a way it was very interesting mm. yeah very tense yeah very tense but also very informative yes uh Ritsuko gets into the magi supercomputer uh, which extent like you you think it's this box and then she presses a button and the box goes up like three stories and you see how large the computer actually is and how much of it is submerged uh, in like coolant or something. Yeah. Uh, and she opens up this uh, passageway to get inside the computer and we see notes from her mom who designed the supercomputers tacked all over the walls. I don't know if it's subtitled in the Netflix version, but one of those notes says, uh, essentially, uh, Ikari Gendo, you're a, you're an asshole. You're a jerk. Yes. That's, it's, it's, that's not, that that was not in the Netflix version, but I rewatched the one I got off of the torrent and they did translate that. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it's, yeah. 
go on. And I think that's significant and important. So it's a bummer that it's not translated on the the Netflix version because it it creates a, a relationship between Ritsuko's mom and Gendo. Yes. Yeah, the version I torrented has, I, I think it's probably too aggressive in translating the signs. The screen can get a little busy at times, and sometimes it's translating a sign that doesn't really add, you know, maybe gives a little bit of context, but isn't really narratively important. And maybe you'd, you'd rather just see the, the, the frame clean so you can admire the art. But the but that is one where it's just like, oh, I'm really glad I got that little bit of intel. Uh, the can, can we talk about just like the, the Magi real quick? Yeah. Which is... This is a thing I talked about on the previous episode, but re- but how this made me think of Isaac Asimov's iRobot. I don't know if it was a direct inspiration for this or not, but the story that I w- that I referenced is called The Evitable Conflict, and I believe it's the last story in the iRobot anthology. But it's basically talking about, you know, the 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 uh, iRobot itself is just like a really cool work that just basically takes the premise of there's three laws of robotics that exist in this future and it just finds ways to apply them in different ways and 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 have different situations where these might be contradicted uh, or come into conflict. And that's what creates all the narrative tension. So here are the three laws of robotic first law. A robot may not injure a human being or, through an action, allow a human being to come to harm. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given it by human beings except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So there's a hierarchy. It's like the main thing is like, don't hurt people or allow them to come into harm, Um, obey orders, and then finally protect yourself. But like that's the order. Like like ultimately the most important thing is to don't allow people to be to be harmed or come to harm through an action. Yeah, and these are the laws that you follow personally too, right? These are my this is my personal code of conduct, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh so the the, the uh, and these were presented in originally as a Bill Maher new rules. <laughs> <laughs> First law, a robot may not injure a human being. <laughs> All right, Bill. <laughs> in your writing staff of 16, 60 year old white men. Um, anyway, so the so the the story, and I, I'm I'm babbling here. I'm being long winded, but the the story is it reminded me so much of this, which is that there's basically like a. A, 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 there's basically machines that in the same way, there are three machines here that work in concert to govern humanity. There are four machines that govern the entire earth. And it's like, this is basically the world government is these four supercomputers mm-hmm. that decide robots that decide, you know, what people, what, how everything should be governed, how society should be run. And, uh, there, there, you know, that there's what seems to be happening is that there are like some errors that are taking place and some people are coming into harm. Um, and they're like, what the fuck is going on? We need to rebel against these machines that are controlling us. But the resolution ends up being that these machines are doing this on purpose to protect the greater good because some people must be harmed or some inefficiencies must take place in order that so to apply the first law to all of humanity. So it's a very utilitarian sort of calculus of like of like these machines that govern all of us are going to allow some people to be har- harmed so all of humanity may be bettered and not come into harm collectively. Um anyway, it's 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 it very much remi- reminded me of Melchior Balthazar and Casper just reading uh, just just thinking back on that story I read as a boy, uh, and and I, I'll I'll wrap up by saying this: this is a very screen heavy episode. You're spending a lot of time watching a screen that displays like these little you know polyhedrons, uh, these little polygons displaying the names of the three computers. That screen looks fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. it's like a really great looking screen. Yeah, a lot of I never UI. get tired of looking at it. The UI in Eva looks fucking great. Yes. Mm-hmm. And anytime they release like a limited edition Android phone that's got like an Evangelion theme where all the buttons and all the menus are look like these computers, I'm I'm really tempted to cross back over and get Android instead of iPhone. Wow. Right. As it's I mean, that's some fancy shit. Uh, the other thing cool. that, that this this episode really um 
leans heavily on is the Michael Crichton book, The Andromeda Strain, which is about a uh, uh, sort of a biological uh, alien micro, what do you, little grainy guy, a little tiny, little tiny boy. uh, A teeny tiner, yeah. A a little teeny tiner uh, who uh, crashes into the earth or into a satellite or something and then mutates constantly so you cannot prevent it from spreading. Uh, And they also find that it works best where it lives healthy, its healthiest environment is a certain pH level. Like there's a lot of themes that are sort mm. of like uh, borrowed from Andromeda Strain in Evangelion episode 13. But I don't think there's anything about a, uh, a woman scientist transplanting aspects of her personality into three separate computers in yes. that story at all. And that is a really great original idea Assuming it's original and somebody on Twitter is not going to be like, actually, that's from a, from another book from the 60s. That happened to me. Oh. That's what somebody's <laughs> saying on Twitter. Oh, okay. That's actually my life story. <laughs> um, I, I did think because this work uh, generally uh, uh, thinking of thinking of all of Evangelion's work is like the it has so many Christianist themes that I did think that there was like some sort of Trinity element to subdividing one individual in the three different mm. parts. Yes, there's that. And there's also the three wise men, which is the three magi. Right. Uh, and the names of the computers are the three magi's names. Uh, I mean, there's lots of, yeah, the, the, there, there's one of them is Casper, who's, who's a friendly ghost, which is maybe yeah. a thematically yeah, got, linked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. What's the, the other one's fat. So and stretch. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so Ritsuko, um, uh, uploads a self-destruct program into, uh, the, uh, supercomputer into Casper, I think. Um, yes. and, uh, it is a battle between the angel virus and these computers to see which one will win. And eventually they decide to coexist. Um, just, just on the UI. I'm sorry. Go, yeah, no, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say on the UI real quick. Like when the the as the machines start to be as the the magi start to be taken over and they go from blue to red and then you know they at a certain point they uh, uh they they alter the calculus. I forget exactly forget exactly how it worked, but they they like alter the algorithm that. Uh, 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 for security to update every 15 seconds, which slows the process a lot. But you've basically got these these you know clusters of of data that are taking over uh, the territory uh, like a risk board. Uh, but it it just like it looks so fucking cool. It looks like you know kind of like you're defragmenting a hard drive, but it's just got all these little pockets of data, and then eventually the little sliver of Casper that still remains uncorrupted that's keeping the all thing the whole thing together. Uh, it adds legitimate tension to the to the whole uh, uh you know the whole enterprise. It does. It does yeah. that and the fucking awesome music. Awesome music. Also the. The, you know, like, like like a big part of when this when the show gets at its to me is as most disturbing is when we meet organic matter uh, that is in where where machinery would should be, where circuitry should be. And yes. there is the section here when you're talking about like when they're going into ha- when they're hacking into Casper, which they're doing physically uh, yeah. plugging. They they they, they she uh, saws it open with a with a like a table saw. Yes. And then inside is just a brain. There's like a, it's like a giant brain. It's a biological supercomputer. Yeah. Uh, which I think Misato says something like, oh, is this the same system that the Evas use? And uh, Ritsuko mm-hmm. just doesn't answer. Um, yeah. And I don't think that question is ever answered in the show. Uh because often we are at Misato's level of intelligence when it comes to like what we know about what's happening. Interesting. Um, yeah. And that's why when Ritsuko tells her this stuff about her mom, it's a, it's a revelation to both Misato and to us, the audience. Um, when they beat this angel, uh, Ritsuko says that each of these supercomputers is a different part of her mother's personality. And right. that the night before she died... 
she put uh, these aspects into the supercomputer. You have uh, her mother as a scientist, as a mother, and as a woman. Uh, and Ritsuko's like, you know, I, I really respected her as a scientist. Um, I didn't understand her as a mom because Ritsuko's never been a mother. Mm-hmm. And then she lays down that she hated her as a woman. Yes. Just <laughs> fucking hated her. Hated her mother as a, like, the part of her, her mom, who was a woman she hated. Uh, but that was the part of the computer that a- managed to defeat the angel at the end. It's pretty fucking Does she good. M- does she mean by that, like, I, like, because is a woman meant to be encompass femininity or is it meant to be like, that's just who I am as a person, as a human being? That, I, I'm more interpreted as the latter, but because that, that made more sense to me. But I, but I, I wonder. I interpreted it as the aspects of f- female gender identity. Like mm-hmm. that you're, you're that the parts of you that are a woman, because I, cause she specifically doesn't say as a human being, I think, yeah, sure. You know, scientist, mother, woman, those are like three different social roles and different ways of identification. I think would be like, in her Twitter bio. Wh- 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 for sure. You know, who, who are you? Oh, I'm a scientist. Who are you? Yeah. Oh, I'm a mom. Who are you? I'm a woman. Yeah. Um, and it's this third bit. And I, and I, without spoilers, that is expounded on in the show. Interesting. Okay. Um, I love it. Um, another thing that's established in this episode that we see more than once is that when the Evas have to be evacuated to a place, they go to the bottom of the lake. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like that. I love it. I love that they would be like, where are we going to send them? Ah, uh, put them in the bottom of the fucking lake. Um, well, well, it, it works as a comedy beat too when you see yeah. them just floating at the end in their capsules, all nude, just like <laughs> just, just like resigned to their fate. Nasca is like fucking infuriated. Yeah, we can't humiliated. get out. We're naked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, uh, so that's episode thirteen, and we are now halfway through. The television show, wow, Neon Genesis Evangelion, heading into the the back half of the series and the movie. Mm. You guys, we only have what, how many episodes is that? Five, six. We only have six episodes left of this show to cover those things. Wow, wow, I love it because we're gonna what movies are I, it, the movies confuse me a little bit. So we're Uh, only going to watch the end of Evangelion. Okay. That's like the one that matters for the story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Death and Rebirth is a bit of a recap. Okay. Um, uh, So yeah, the only thing that we're going to, we're going to watch is the end of Evangelion, which continues slash retells parts of this story. And what about the rebuilds? What are those? We don't don't have to watch those. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're fine. (laughs) Look, I'm not... I'm not a, like a anti-rebuild Eva truther or whatever. Like I, I thought they did some really interesting things, and particularly the first two movies, I really truly loved. Mm-hmm. Um, that third movie is just, woof. It's uh, I don't know. Japan had just gone through a lot. Uh, they just had the Fukushima mm-hmm. incident. Uh, I feel like a lot of that sort of uh, stress infected the the story of the third film, mm-hmm. um, and it is a is an unenjoyable watch for me. I see. Mm. Um, I'll watch them all. Yeah, I'll probably yeah, see it on my will. own time. Of course, of course. Uh, so, do you guys you got any thoughts? You want to go on to episode fourteen? Well, I- you talked about one of the movies being a recap, and speaking of recaps, I mean. That's how we begin this this fourteenth yeah. episode. Yeah, this the first the first half of this episode is is a recap. Yes. What? So I guess my answer is no. I don't have any other thoughts on episode. <laughs> yeah, 13. yeah. I don't know, Matt. Did you have any? Uh, no. I I was gonna say the exact same thing. Okay. <laughs> Let's segue <laughs> to seal the throne of souls. Uh, yes. yes. This uh, Seal the Throne of Souls and Title Two is Weaving a Story, Episode 14, a recap episode for the first half, and then uh, not 
not a uh, a recap for the second half. Uh, and and I would argue that fourteen is where we start changing tone in the show. Mm. Um, I don't know that we need to go over uh over too much of the recap part because we've already recapped the show itself. Yeah. Right? Mm. I guess the um, thing that should be said about it is that it's presented as like a like a like a presentation. Like it's very yeah. much a presentation. It's Gendo giving like a presentation to yeah. uh this committee. Yeah. Um, See. And I thought that was yes, that that was really interesting. Seals, yeah, and, uh, and there's some there's some new VO in there. Like yep. there's that that giving some additional context or additional perspectives. Yep. Um, he also lies to Seal. Uh, yes. We know that Seal is sort of a body of uh, of some kind of international Illuminati-style mm-hmm. body that he has to report to. We've seen them previously at like a uh, virtual table setup. Mm-hmm. Um, they become uh, less and less available to Gendo as the show goes on, eventually just appearing as like voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, Gendo lies to them like he lied to the Japanese uh, government and says there was no angel invasion. Nobody made it inside, which is the episode we just saw. Yeah. Yes. Um, it does and, not remind me of any sort of government that I've ever heard I of. Know about. Yeah, yeah, never. They would never lie. It's punishable by death to lie to Seal. And he's still just like <laughs> lying to their face. Like, check the Magi. Fucking care. <laughs> Uh, it's um, by the way, lying to seal. Uh, my understanding is that's why uh, he divorced Heidi Klum. So. <laughs> that's how that rose tricked him into giving it a kiss. Yeah. Um, the second half of this episode. I do want to wait. I can, can we can go talk ahead. about the first half yeah, a little of course, bit? Of course, just because, just because I just want to say this, and I, I think this. I'm saying I, I thought of this because of Matt, who's who like me is a big Simpsons guy, and there is a Simpsons like usually a sitcom clip show. You're like this fucking all right. Here we go, a clip show. There's a Simpsons clip show. I mean, most of them are pretty decent, but the first Simpsons clip show, uh, which has the April Fool's prank where Bart puts Homer in the hospital with the beer that's shaken up in the paint can, yeah. is such a well-done clip show that it's just as fun as watching a regular episode. And that was my feeling watching the first half of this is just like, I know this is a clip show. I know this is a recap. I know this is a way to save on animation costs and to, you know, reuse existing footage. But just the additional VO that they recorded, the way these things are packaged, and also just the frames that we're seeing, the sequences that we're seeing are so fucking cool and reminding me of stuff I like about the show that this is like a joy to watch. I really enjoyed this uh, this clip show portion of the episode as an episode. Yeah, and you know, I I would say I would say that as well. I I did enjoy it, and it was like I don't know, like we've been through a lot already. You know what I mean? So it was good to sort of like be like reacquainted with some of those things. I forgot. I mean, at this point, I forgot. I had forgotten what some of the angels looked like too. So seeing some of the footage of uh, some of the angel fights, I was like, oh yeah, that one. That one was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as far as lying to seal goes, um, I do think. Uh, that's like when you say, uh, "I'm gonna give you like a big fish, and then don't give him one." <laughs> There's a ball to bounce on your nose. Psych. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you guys are the two brothers I never had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to and, evolve into dugong, and it's. <laughs> And it is only when we're doing this show that I really appreciate having been an only child. <laughs> uh, Nick and I both have siblings, and um, I'm sure they uh, agree. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the, uh, the isn't there? There's also a line in the uh, and unless I'm mistaken, there's a line from I forget the name of the classmate who's talking about. Oh, wait, is it the classmate? Someone talks about Ray. I think in this part of it, I, I can't remember if it's in the recap or I should have noted if it's or if it's in the second half. But someone is talking about Ray and characterizes her as like I she's so different than other people than other kids. Mm-hmm. Like it's like she's a different age. There's some some sort of line that's kind of like that. Which to me I was like kind of like 
Is that what's going on? Is there some more to Ray than we've yet to find out? I mean, I think that was in the recap. She seems like such a weirdo. I would hope there's something going on, but yes, you know, maybe she's just a weirdo. It's true. It's so weird to watch this show with two people who haven't seen it because I can't actually talk about the things. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Um, I'll try to find the line of dialogue as we're talking. I think it's from Kensuke, and I think it's uh, him talking about how selfless she was. Yes. Because there's little clips of audio that are like commentary on the on the presentation that are supposed to be sort of um, documentary style additions to the clips that Gendo is showing to Seal, right? So you get like a, a, a little bit from Misato after uh, Shinji beats the first angel and she's like, you know, I was really proud of him or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you get like a, a little bit from Kensuke after... Uh, after after Ray protects Shinji from the uh, from the crystal pyramid, what's the name of that shape? Oh, two pyramids. <laughs> There's got to be yeah. a name. No, there there is like that that that's sort of it's it's a polyhedron, but I don't remember what the type. It's, it's a like po- a tetra, yeah, the poly- tetrahedron. Tetrahedron is angel. Uh, and you get like a little bit from Kensky where it's like, wow, she really, she really put herself out there. She could have died. Um, you get, uh, yeah, you get, you get these little, these little tidbits, these little extra bonus, bonus clips of, of people who are essentially watching the show with us mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've got the, uh, uh, they're they're like uh it is kensuke and he's like uh she seems to hold little respect for her own existence yeah and then um in this translation it's uh i think it's not quite pessimism but she already has something about her it's i find it hard to believe that she's the same age as we are and that one stuck with me i was like okay all right especially on the rewatch i was like okay something's going on yeah so um the second half of this episode uh, begins with a sort of compatibility test where each of the kids is going to pilot a different, like they're going to test their harmonics with uh, a different Evangelion. And we get what's known as Ray's monologue or Ray's poem. Love it. Um, which I could read in its entirety because I have it right in front of me. I think you should. Well, yeah, no. do it. Why? Me? Do you want me to? Yeah, do it. Mm, no. I don't okay. want you to do it, but I definitely, I don't want to do it either. Okay. I'll do it. You let Matt do it. No, I'm like, I'm not good at Well, I'm, I'll, I'll give a little <laughs> bit of it because what right, it reminds okay. me of is the parallax view. Uh, yes. Which is uh, a 1970s yes. uh, uh, movie that I fucking love. It's and fucking there awesome. Is, uh, imagery being projected on the screen, and 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 the series as it goes on, I think leans more and more on what I consider parallax view uh, parallels. Um, but you see imagery from Ray's point of view inside of her mind as she reads a, as she recites sort of like an internal monologue. The monologue goes. Mountain, heavy mountains, things that change over time. Sky, blue sky, what your eyes can't see, what your eyes can see. Sun, a unique object. Water, something comforting. Commander Ikari. So that's the first, that's what I mean by parallax view. You're seeing these like images and then you're juxtaposing them with characters and those juxtapositions are informing the relationship between the character giving the monologue and these other characters. So the fact that she says something comforting and then compares Ikari to water, I think we're elevating the sort of, um, the poetry of the series in the sequence. Mm. It's like, fuck, we're, 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 we're moving into uncharted territory. It's not just going to be a show where kids fucking fight and robots. Uh, it's also going to be a moment where you have an interlude with a poem from one of the main characters. Um, Ray asks a bunch of uh, questions about her own existence, calls herself a vessel for a soul. Uh, she says that the entry plug is also a, a throne for a soul. Um, and there's some 
some element of uh, of the ranking of who Ray likes the people that she feels the closest to in her life at the end of this mm -hmm. poem, which starts with Shinji, then Misato, then Ritsuko, everybody else, uh, Asuka, and finally the commander. Um, so her relationship with Gendo, which previously in other episodes has always been subservient, loving, yes. adoring, there is uh, the beginning of like an atmosphere of tension that we hear from Ray as she starts to articulate self in relationship to Gendo. I fucking love the poem. I love really the fucking poem. Yeah, it's a great piece of writing, even in translation, and yeah. also just like it's it juxtaposed with the imagery. It, it, I wasn't thinking Parallax View till you said it. Now I want to rewatch Parallax View, 70s political thriller with Warren Beatty. It's and it's got one of these sequences where it's is just like images on a monitor and it goes on for so long. It's like it's like the longest one of those. It, it and it feels well, impossibly long when you're watching it, but it's so well done. You it's also it's brainwashing that character and it's full screen the whole time. So it's brainwashing yes. you. Yes. And it's so effective because by the end of the sequence, you feel kind of sick. Like it's, it's images of the American flag. And then it says father. And then it says, it's like an, an image of like a mother holding a baby and it's like danger. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> but that's, you know, Eva does that a little bit here. You know, uh, you see an image of like, a. Uh, like a, a mountain or uh, uh, an image of Ray. And she's like, who am I? What am I? What right. am, am I? Uh, am, what are human beings? Um, but, uh, but yeah, I love, I love this sequence. Um, but then Shinji does the cross compatibility test and the fucking thing goes berserk. Shinji cannot pilot. Ray's Evangelion, but Ray can pilot Shinji's Evangelion. Yes. Interesting. Um, yeah. Interesting. Well, is it hmm. is this the part where we get because because Shinji is in there's there's two things I don't remember what sequence they happen, but Asuka is in uh, is in O two yeah. and is like asking why she can't do a compatibility test, and she gets like kind of you know placated slash uh you uh uh buttered up by saying like you wouldn't want to be any any other uh, eva would you and she's like yeah that's true so so it, it, the, her concerns get dismissed but it's in a way of by means of flattering her uh but then also doesn't she taunt as she taunts shinji and uh is told to stop because it's going to create a, you know interference but yeah. she taunts him when he's inside that one is like is like oh you're like are you suckling on mommy's you know are you back in mommy's womb or are you suckling on her you know on her on her on her titty i uh, didn't say titty but you know you get the idea <laughs> and and like you know so that so something you know there's that's that's at minimum, she's like it's like she's she. I don't know if she has some insecurity over their connection or over just the fact that the two of them are being tested for cross compatibility. But that's definitely an element that's mentioned. Yeah, you get you. He he says it smells like Ray, right? It smells like Ray, yes. And she's yeah. like, "That's gross, yes, you fucking in the, freak." In the juice, yeah, uh, in that goo, in yeah. the goo, yeah. Uh, despite the failure of. Shinji to use unit zero in the compatibility project. They do say Ritsuko and Maya do say, well, this was kind of a success. So we're going to go forward with the dummy plug project. Right. Doesn't sound good. No mm -hmm. guys that don't that, sound that, good at all. Oh, really fucks things up too. Is just like, yeah. Bashing its head into the, you know, into the wall really like, Seems seems outright menacing. Yep. Um, I I don't know what else there is to say. I mean, like, I feel like that's all. This this, this is a clip episode, so it's hard to like. You're, there's yeah. not much else to cover, other than how fucking good Ray's poem is. Really good. Uh, poem. And the the minor forward movement of the plot in the creation of the dummy plug 
project. Uh, and, you know, the continually lying from nerve to seal, like the tension between these two uh, private government bodies, these uh, subcontractors. I don't know what the fuck they are. There are a couple of, at least for me, there were a couple of of seemingly major details introduced, one of which was, and I texted the two of you, but uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. yes. Which I did look up the Dead Sea Scrolls to see if I could read the Dead Sea Scrolls, and the Dead Sea Scrolls are fucking long. Uh, So I thought they might be just like a couple of, you know, few pages of text that were just like, oh, this is our connection to the original uh, Hebrew behind the the Old Testament, but no, it's there. It's like huge chunks of of the Bible in in an earlier uh, earlier form. So, uh, but yeah, the Dead Sea Scrolls get mentioned as like that seal is like trying to they're they're trying to make the prophecy of the Dead Sea Scrolls come true or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also at the end we get the introduction of the Spear of Longinus. Which is like a big weapon that we see Ray carrying in in Unit OO, Unit Zero Zero. So there's something's going on there, guys. I don't want to hype this too much, mm-hmm. but episodes 15, 16, 17, and eighteen are in my top five. Wow. I love it. So the next four episodes are just like a run of bangers, a quadrilogy of I think of so. Just and and for and entirely different reasons. If I had to if I had to pull one of those off to put in a different one that I absolutely love, because it really there oh fuck, there's so many good ones coming up, guys. There's so, so yeah. many good ones coming up. So we've it's got, those four and we've got uh, dance like you wanna win. Well, so, but there's two more that are excellent also that I didn't mm, list okay. in those top. So we've got really good character development in the next episode. And then we have fucking bangers of episodes in the next three. Man. And then there's one other incredible banger that's after that one. I mean, the show, it, from here on out, it's a, it's a sprint. It is great, fun shit. I mean, not fun, but like, you know, what? it's Eva. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I got excited about this watch down with you guys, mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to watch the, you know, one through 14 just along with you guys and enjoy it. But I'm going to fucking watch 15 through 26. Man. Can't wait. I'm going to wa- I'll watch the next two tomorrow. Uh, and uh, and you know, I'll rewatch them for the record, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I want to watch them straight away because I want to see what happens. And the tease for the next one was intriguing as well, especially the way they leaned on it. It seems like I think you're talking about maybe a not the main thing that happens in this episode to kind of play it a little coy, but maybe maybe what I'm was wrong. the what was the I I didn't watch the to be continued on this episode. What was the trailer for the next one? It focuses on uh, on how um, uh, Misato has like all of her friends are married and like she's worried she she you know maybe her only chance for love is Kaji. It's like entirely focused on that. Yeah, no, that's that's it. Oh, okay, great. There's not anything on, else. I'm still on then, board. Like we're in character development heaven. Here we're gonna we're gonna dig into some of the the character motivations. Hell yes. Fuck, I love it. I fucking love it. Although I will also say episode 15 is the most egregious absence of fly me to the moon. It is the only episode where fly me to the moon is used inside of the episode. So if you have an opportunity to watch it with the original audio intact, this is the episode where I feel like that, 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 that is, uh, the most missed fly me to the moon. Fuck. 16 is so good. Man, I can't wait. 16 is my, you know what? I may have, re, I may have ranked them wrong. I oh. may have ranked them wrong. Mm. I'm going to pull 15 from my top five. Oh, the very next but one. But it's going to be number six. That's the next one. Okay. It's going to be number okay. six. That's still pretty good. Okay, still excited. Yeah. Still yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. Uh, then 16, top three. Okay. 17, top five. 18, top three. Uh, 19 favorite episode, I think, I think, 
Oh man, but was nineteen originally? Fuck, Wait, there's hold on. another 15, good 16, one. 17, 18. There's so now many. Now I'm trying to do episodes. the math here because you said the next four Fuck. were in your top five. Yeah. But then now you the, then you just retconned it to say that 19 is your favorite. I think. What's going on here? Look, Have you I'm seen trying. the show? <laughs> it's I'm. I, it's not like Star Wars where it's like okay this uh, this movie then this movie then this but it never really shifts. The when you think about Eva in a different mood. You might you might be like, oh, but that one is so mm. good. That's how I'm so excited, guys. There, there's one thing I want to talk about at the end of of 14, because it was one where where and I, I'm trying to find the see if I can bring up the Netflix version uh, as well for contrast. But this is one where it was it was two different takes on the translation that I thought both worked. Uh, but they but it's specifically referring to. The puppy at the very end, there's like the Shinji's lying in bed and some of this bleeds over to Asuka lying in bed. Um, and it's like uh, talking about how and he's getting some dialogue from the radio about uh, a puppy that can do math. <laughs> yep. And also Asuka's hearing a bunch about like a like terrorist attacks or whatever. But Shinji is hearing about something a little bit more uh, innocuous. Yeah. And in the Netflix translation, it's it's a wolf that can do taxonomy. <laughs> and in the uh, in the uh, uh, the the other translation that I have, which I I think is the VHS subtitles that so, that that a fan did uh, that I found on torrent that has "Fly Me to the Moon." Uh, on that one, it's a it's a puppy that can do math. And so it's one of those ones where they. Just like, just like the the taxonomy one is clearly like try. We're trying to uh, make recreate what the joke is, what the pun is in Japanese uh, using English. And so it's like, what is a what do you call a, a, your your canine ancestor? And the dog goes wolf. And they're like, gosh, wolf is right. You're correct. But the other mm. one is, you know, what's two thirty six minus two thirty five? And the dog says one. And they're like, God, one is right. You're correct. And I just, it's one of those ones where I wonder, it's obviously a pun joke, but I wonder exactly how it works in, in Japanese with the onomatopoeia for a dog bark. What? That's the, how the dog sounds. What? That's what it sounds like, Juan? Yeah. What? Like that. Is one, is one in, J- in Japanese just Juan? No, it's each. I mean, there's- So what is the joke? No, I I don't pay attention to the fucking radio in the background. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Heather famously, I have, I have everything reti- matters in this show. Absolutely, I have everything. Meticulously paused <laughs> and and read every subtitle of every. But I, I honestly, I I never even like. I've never even caught that there was a because also I, I haven't watched the Netflix version, um, so I don't. I don't know what the new the new joke refers to. I think both of the the translations are actually are pretty yeah. decent. Yeah, yeah, but 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 I but I mean like it's just it's it's a there's a general more general thing that I think happens with the Netflix one versus like the the VHS subtitles is is the Netflix one takes t- tends to take a little bit more liberties in terms of like we are not going to translate this verbatim. We are going to try to come up with an English phrase or idiom that approximates what the Japanese is actually saying. Mm. So, for instance, on, on in a previous episode, there was a thing where it's like, uh, um, uh, where where they like the VHS translation is something like 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 uh, uh like oh I've seen you nude on prior occasions. And the Netflix one is more. I've not. It's nothing I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that's mm. more, more of just a just a, a a naturally more natural, more casual idiom. But again, you know, both kind of work. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I don't know. That was a that was a tangent just because the puppy thing kind of was like. I do you like that puppy that can do math? It's pretty. cool. I, I mean, I just like that Oscar's listening to terrorism updates. Yeah. Yeah. And Shinji's listening to like a cute. It's like a David Letterman pet trick. It's great. That's what I'd is listen a, to. Is that a reference? I don't know. I can't I remember. So. Okay, great. Guys, that was episodes 13 and 14 of Neon Genesis Evangelion here on the Anime Watch Along podcast, Get Animated, from us, the hosts of Get Played. Uh, we will be watching 15 and 16 for next week's episode. So if you're listening to this, then you've already 
found us on Patreon, and I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. <laughs> thanks for subscribing. Yeah, thanks, thanks for so subscribing. Much. We're happy to thanks have for you listening here or on Stitcher Premium. God bless you. Hope you're enjoying Eva. We sure as hell are. All right. Uh, and next time we'll have more fan service for you. <laughs> bum, ba, bum, ba, bum, ba, da, 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 da. All right. 